Welcome to the Quantum Alignment Q&A, Humboldt series, where we traverse through an array of healing modalities to educate, empower, and excite our listeners on their path of holistic health and wellness. In sharing various practitioners' experiences and insight, we hope to cultivate a deeper relationship between one's true self, the mental, physical, spiritual, and emotional bodies. Join naturopath, transpersonal psychologist, and cannabis therapy consultant, Dr. Pepper Hernandez in the Humboldt Quantum Alignment Series. And now, here is your host, Dr. Pepper Hernandez. Welcome, and thank you so much for taking time to be present with us. I am so excited to have Crystal Ortiz with us on the show today. We have known each other for quite some time, and she is an amazing human being. Crystal Ortiz is the founder of Full Soul Herb Farm, which is a permaculture oasis on the Avenue of the Giants in sunny southern Humboldt County. She is a child of the Back to Land movement, and her family shares three whole generations of cannabis stewardship. She is a cannabis farmer, a medicine maker, and an advocate for traditional farming methods and natural healing. Hello. Thank you so much for being here. You're an amazing human being. You do so much. Thanks for taking time to be here today. Oh, thank you so much for having (laughs) me. I'm super honored to be here with you, Dr. Pepper. And I'm excited for the podcast and the opportunity to just talk. I'm so glad you're here because I really want to talk to you about you. Because you do so much and you speak I mean, around the world at this point. I mean, I know that you've traveled many times. You've been on planes. I remember contacting you and like you were on a plane to go somewhere to speak for this. And you had just left the office here to speak for our class. And you're just constantly going. But I want to know about you. And I want our listeners to know about what you do on more of, you know, the Humboldt level, like your family and what you're doing in not just for our community, but for your home farm like that's really important to me so why don't you we start there why don't we start with um kind of what brought you into cannabis farming and and healing in the first place okay yeah I think that's great and thank you so much for bringing that up it is very difficult to work from a position of advocating and working on policy and legislation and all of this stuff, and then still remembering that you have a farm to nurture and a family to raise and dogs to take care of and all of this stuff that needs to be done at the home. And so that has been a major mission for myself um, lately is really tuning in, especially as the springtime comes, to things that nurture my body and my spirit and my family. And so caring for the foundation of the year, the springtime is like the foundation of the year. This is when we put the dry amendments in the ground and we till the cover crop and we work on 
the building blocks. And so that if I take that lesson that I learned on the farm and I add that to my life and I recognize that even though it's the end of a school year for my children, it's the beginning of the next. (laughs) And so our two cycles, our life cycle and the seasonal cycle is really opposite the Western calendar with um, school and with everything else. So learning how to merge those two things is really interesting and fun as a family and recognizing that while you're closing out this school year, we're beginning the next path for this next year to come. And so give tuning into them. My, my children, I have a daughter. Her name is Aya, and she is a junior in high school. She's she, absolutely gorgeous, She's by the beautiful. Way. She's like, amazing. Incredibly gorgeous. And my son is in eighth grade, so he's just the finishing up his eighth grade year. Super doll. And his name is Taj. And both of them are... Um, really unique and dynamic and there becomes this time in my parenting journey where I look at them and I feel like oh I can just bust out my work they're teenagers they're grown they've got this and then there's another thing where I'm like oh my god I need parenting books and they need me like they're toddlers and so it's just interesting and I feel like those same lessons are consistent at in every level like the better you put into the foundation of the day the foundation of the season and the foundation of the raising them the better you're going to harvest in the end yeah so Mm -hmm. true so true I okay so not all women are triple leos and so I think that has (laughs) a lot to do with how you can accomplish and succeed in so many avenues of your life. I mean, just for the you know a handful of years that I've known you, you blow me out of the water all the time. And that was actually one of the labels for the Instagram, like our next guest is going to blow you out of the water. And because I was talking about you and how much you do with such a gentle, humble energy about yourself. I mean, consistently. You're always kind, calm, you seem very put together. You have a lovely family. Your husband's amazing. He's such a sweetheart. And everything is going so well. Tell me how you manage that. Where do you bring a lot of those pieces from? My relationship with my husband and the completion of that and the, you know, the fact that we have worked together alongside one another for so long um, really has to do with freedom. And um, he gives me a lot of freedom. I give him a lot of freedom to develop and grow. And since we were together as young adults, I don't think we would have survived that without that without that ability, that ability to kind of change who we were, to re-identify ourselves and to do those things. Um, We also did move out into the mountains relatively young. We were in our early 20s. We were both in college and we sold firewood and we sold berries to the bakery. He worked at Ramon's at the time and we were building this really idyllic off the grid kind of take life by the you know horns and go for it. And um, I, be, I feel like that hard work and that working together really set the stage for a lot of growth. And I think in a lot of ways they say, oh, well, you can figure out if you're going to get along with someone if you go try to set a tent up together and like go camping <laughs> and set up a tent. Um, we did a lot more than set up a tent. We yeah. like learned how to tile and we learned how to plumb and we learned how to make our own power and we dug garden beds and we 
had this really I- idealistic, um, simplified perspective of life. And it served us really well in a lot of ways. And I think that we really could lean into trust one another's strengths and support one another's weaknesses. And I just feel like it was just the luck of the draw. You know, it was really lucky and the universe gifted us each other at the right time. And, um, and it takes work, you know. And so the Leo thing, I like to say I don't really <laughs> believe in that so much, except for that it is so me. You know, I'm sun, moon, and rising are all in Leo. And you would think like, oh my gosh, that's so scary. Or that person must be so, you know, fiery. And I think in some ways that I am, but in other ways, it balances itself and it ten- it tempers some of the aspects of the Leo and by having the Leo in these different houses. And um, I am right on the cusp of Virgo and I don't have an ounce of it in my life. What? Like it's so weird. My I am not organized. I thrive in absolute chaos. I <laughs> don't... I beg to differ with you because I'm Virgo as well. But you have to be organized to do everything you're doing. Yeah, I. You were I here mean, ten minutes early. I was you're here ten minutes early. You're first guest that's been early, and you're always on time with any class that I ever ask you to help out with, whether it be the holistic program or the cannabis program. You're always on it. Well, that's good. That's I mean, good to you hear. you are super organized. <laughs> you may be hard on yourself. Yeah. Um, maybe I'm organized. I rely a lot on my memory, and my memory is really strong. And so I rely a lot on my memory, and I don't translate that into, like, I'm really inspired and super envious of people with these beautiful bullet journals and with, like, the time to draw out and to like organize my thoughts and to make an outline and to like do these things (laughs) I just don't do that I'm one of those who goes I have it all I have it in my mind I'm gonna show up and I'm gonna be ready and um, it serves me it is what it is that's what I've learned is that it is what it is I can't really change it necessarily but I would love to embrace a little more Virgo characteristics and be able to transition things out of my brain space and into a calendar on my phone. Or, you know, anytime I've tried any of these organizational skill sets, I have found that they were too much work to even get them to function. <laughs> and so I just keep relying upon my brain for as long as it will hold me. <laughs> well, in a, in a, from my perspective, um, quantum alignment, which is what this podcast name is, is really about you becoming super aligned with your higher self. And they say that when you are higher aligned with your, or in alignment with your higher self, that it just comes through, that you're just always in that vibration. So maybe that's where you're at. You don't even have to plan it. You don't have to write it down. You have to organize. It's just always happening because you're always in alignment with your higher self. And what do you think about that? I, I mean, I, I would hope that I'm is, gonna say that's is what truthful. It is. <laughs> um, I definitely have was raised with a really strong mom and a really strong belief that I should just learn from other people and learn the first time, not the second or the third or the fourth time. And I have, I feel like a lot of that knowledge really stuck with me in my adulthood. And anytime I feel like I'm pushing too hard on something, that maybe I could just relax and it will work itself out in the right time. That yes, I can overcome obstacles and I can dig my way under or around or over, but perhaps the obstacle was there for a reason and to just trust in that and to go with it and I definitely feel like I am much more comfortable now as an adult with recognizing that I am right where I'm supposed to be right when I'm supposed to be there and if something doesn't 
work out in that way than perhaps to save my energy for another thing because that obstacle's there for a reason. Well, that's it right there. You having that thought pattern and that thought process, that's like the golden ticket because you're like, oh, I'll push on it. And if it doesn't work, then I'll just lay back and like let it happen. I think that's probably a big piece of why everything works out so well for you and you can do so many things. Crystal, thank you for sharing that. And I think that's a really valuable insight for our listeners. And um, I'm wondering how you got around to being in this particular level of holistic healing in these particular modalities. So... Um... I was lucky to be mostly healthy through my childhood. I didn't really have any sort of injuries or, or health problems. And um, I was really suspect of Western medicine kind of intuitively from the get-go. And I don't really know why. My little sister had asthma. And so she has an entirely different perspective. We were raised in the same household. But she has a totally different perspective on Western medicine because she had an injury, that an illness that really helped her. And so she saw doctors as her savior a lot of times. They had medicine that helped her to breathe better and all of these other things. But for myself, I was just naturally suspect, like straight out the, room, the womb. If I needed stitches, if I needed something, I would hide for days until <laughs> they couldn't see it. You know, there was no way I was going to the doctor. And when I was a teenager, I was um, kind of battling with some undiagnosed, just weird symptoms that were coming up. And they were um, symptomatically diagnosed as having lupus. It started as a, a discussion around chronic fatigue. We did some testing around Lyme disease and some other stuff. And it turned out that I was diagnosed with a lot of the symptoms that were leading them to a lupus diagnosis. And through that lupus diagnosis, I didn't really understand the full picture of what an autoimmune condition would look like and what it would be like. And it was easy for me to explain away my symptoms as I'm just super tired because I have a heavy school load or I'm super tired because I did this or I did that. And I couldn't really, I didn't fully understand the um the diagnosis, and I didn't want to embrace it. And so until I moved away from my home and moved up to Northern California, back, you know, I was in college in San Diego, and I had come up to Northern California, which is where I'm from. Originally, I was born in Northern Mendocino. And I moved back here and Proposition 215 had passed and you could get a weed card with um, an illness. And so I thought, ding, 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 this is why I have lupus. Now I can go walk right in there and get a 215. Yeah. And I didn't really um, realize what I was going to get with that conversation. And I went into Dr. Todd Micaria. He had a little station set up here in Arcata in the late 90s and in the parking lot of where the um, hospice shop is now. And he had a little RV and he would intake patients. And it was that typical kind of 215 mill where people would come in and say, I have a hangnail and I need this and I need that. <laughs> and they'd get their, their 215, which is your medical cannabis license in California. And I went in and I had a conversation with him. And for whatever reason, he was struck by my relationship and by my condition. And he was like, talked to me about way beyond 215. He talked to me about biofeedback. He talked to me about Wonderful. was the first doctor to ever explain to me what this diagnosis meant. And then it wasn't just some thing I would attach to my name. Oh, I'm Crystal and I have lupus. 
and um, I was 18 or 19 at the time. And he was adamant that this was something that I did not want to move forward with in my life. And that if I had an opportunity to change or to heal my body and this relationship that this autoimmune disease was having on me, that I should. And he gave me a lot of time and he scheduled me to come back with my mom, which was really neat. So the next time my mom came to visit, we went in together and he really guided me. And at that time, um, Ralph Machulam and a lot of the discoveries were going around on about the endocannabinoid system and how this body, how our body had this biological system that used cannabinoids, the primary constituent in cannabis, to bring your body back into balance. And so until that point, I think everyone thought that cannabis was a symptom medicine. Oh, you're, you're not hungry, smoke and you'll get the munchies. Oh, you're this and you were just feeding the symptoms and, you know, just kind of appeasing that and working in that kind of Western medicine style. And until this endocannabinoid system was discovered, And we saw that, no, that's not what's happening. This is bringing the body into balance and then perhaps resetting. Or if you think of it like a bunch of um, cogs in a clock and you think about how our body works with all these systems and that if one got stuck, it kind of cascaded into these other symptoms. And through that discovery and through that research, Micaria was really inspired by it and really felt like I had the opportunity to reset that clock. And we worked together on kind of we did a quasi like a saturation of the endocannabinoid system. And we I was, you know, eating, ingesting cannabis. I was smoking a lot of cannabis. I was kind of using it a lot. But I also was using other techniques like biofeedback, herbal allies, other things to lean into my body and to trust my body. Mm -hmm. And um, it was amazing. So that took me out of a relationship with cannabis as a typical teenager that is self-medicating, but not recognizing it. And into recognizing this plant as a masterful ally and as someone who could really guide me through to a higher level of healing and self-care. And so that's how I got into the healing and with cannabis. And I feel like anyone who cultivates cannabis and grows cannabis and then shares the medicine, you're bound to receive a testimonial. And once you get that testimonial, it just is what it is. It opens the world up to, you know, to seeing these wonderful benefits of this plant. And so that's what really pushed me into a life of guardianship and caring for this plant and moving into the medicinal aspects. It's so powerful from where we have come from with cannabis to where we are now. And I even say, you know, just the other day when I was speaking on cannabis, every single day it's going faster and faster and faster. You know, the the widespread accessibility and just the information that we're getting on cannabis. And so you had this when you were 19 that wasn't your first touch of cannabis you've actually had it in your family for many generations and so can you maybe speak to the question of the change right the change of what many generations have gone through and where you're at now speaking about it and healing your body 
I know that's a huge amount of information, but can you just kind of speak to it in just a few... In a few little sentences? Yeah. Yeah, so... Um, in a personal Yeah, in way. a personal way. I was born in northern Mendocino County in the 70s. That was the height of that movement. My um, dad had lived there, and we lived on a hippie commune, and it was super fun, and cannabis was just one component of it. It wasn't a cannabis farm the way that you would perceive it now. There was a yeah. cow that we milked. There was roosters and chickens and eggs and a bunch of families and people working and living on this farm together, and it was really just anti the system. Cannabis was just right. one of those things that was anti the system. But um, it happened to provide a pathway for these people to be able to live off the grid and live this kind of back to land movement. But um, in the late 70s, early 80s was when Duke Majin and the campaign against marijuana and the drug war really hit that community really hard. And I would say there that um, my family did not survive the camp wars of 82. That's There's a lot of Southern Humboldt, Northern Mendo shirts that kind of pr- proudly rock. My family survived camp of 82. Um, my family did not. And my mom was really threatened by um, a lot of changes that were happening. And there was a lot of cocaine coming in. There was kind of hit on all angles to kind of stop the momentum of that movement. That was really a freedom movement. And she was really nervous about law enforcement and federal agencies and all of these things. And she ended up leaving here with uh, with my brother and I, who were both born here or who lived there on the farm. And I spent the rest of my childhood in traditional agriculture. My mom moved us to the desert southwest and I didn't really have a relationship with my father And I grew up with those same values and the value sets that we learned and shared on the commune, but without the influence of cannabis and of um, the illegal activity. I just grew up just kind of with farming and farmers and in that life because she sold vegetable seeds. And so there were a lot of parallels, you know, and so we still had the values of the back to land movement and the values of of kind of um, working with one another and everything else. But the cannabis aspect was removed, and it was mostly because of the federal pressure and the illegal, the illegality of it, and my mom not being able to see past that and wanting to raise her children safely, you know, which I totally understood. And until I moved back to Northern California, it was kind of this longing in my spirit to get back to the trees, to get back to Northern California, and to kind of fix that that had broken so abruptly at that time. Um, until I moved back... I wasn't really involved in the cannabis trade in that way. I had a typical upbringing and um, my mom worked a job and we did our thing. But the idea when I did start to cultivate cannabis was very strong with the Mendocino style, the plant count, which was just grow 25 big ones. Don't get caught up and don't um, don't join in this desire to run these corporate commercial grows yeah. and don't lose the magic, you know, Mm -hmm. don't forget the magic. And, um, and so that is, so I, of course I had it in my blood. I had it Mm -hmm. in my family history. I had cellular memories and my brother was like seven years old by the time we left six years old. And so we, I had awareness, but I didn't really have a lot of the day-to-day stewardship lessons And those were the lessons that I did have, which was to, um, you know, you could use cannabis to 
maybe take a vacation or you could use cannabis to pay your school loans or you could use cannabis to do something. But cannabis is not your job, you know, to always participate in your community, participate in your furthering your education and having a job. And so um, that was kind of a unique perspective at that time in the early 2000s and the late 90s in, in Humboldt County, where for many it was all consuming oh, I need this property and then I need another property and then I need another property and I need to just keep growing and getting bigger and having all these employees. And that was definitely not the lesson that was coming from my family, not the stewardship that I was taught. It's great for others, but it was not for me, you know. Yeah. And so, yeah, I participated more in the community, in the workforce. Crystal, you are such a dynamic human being, and I appreciate you for sharing all these um, little intimate details about your life because that's kind of the idea of why I wanted you on today was to get to know a little bit more of your personal side because you are such a public figure and you're out there all the time. But for right this moment, we are going to take a short little break and give a shout out to a local aligned business that I love so very much, and I think that you will too. Ever dream of becoming a cannabis therapy consultant or learning more on how cannabis heals? For a deeper understanding of your own body and mind connection using sacred medicine, take time to dive into classes anytime, anywhere with a new online program. For more information, connect on drpepperhernandez.com. This is a 10-month program, one class a month. The Cannabis Holistic Institute provides the most potent teachers Humboldt County has to offer. Students have access to Google Classrooms for downloadable handouts, charts, PowerPoint presentations, and more. Also a live streaming on Facebook, bonus pop-up classes, gifted info, and edited videos available on YouTube. Classes from History of Cannabis, The Biology of Cannabis, Specific Strains and Effects, Cannabis Healing Properties, Juicing, Edibles, and Tinctures, Cultivation and Production, Cannabis Medicine Making, Women in Cannabis Conference, Legalities and Legislations, The Cannabis Business, and more. Welcome back. And I wish we were recording during our little break because we got a lot of awesome information, some juicy details <laughs> out of Mrs. Crystal. We have a couple questions for you now. Okay. So what is your life mantra? You kind of like have touched on a couple different things that all weave back to the same. But what do you think of whenever you think of your life mantra? I have one life mantra. That oh. is the easiest question on this whole thing. <laughs> um, there's a Ghanaian single, uh, symbol from Ghana called Sankofa. 
and it is the image of the bird reaching back to the egg that's on its back. And in Amish tradition in the United States and a lot of places, you'll see it in the wrought iron with like, it's the heart that goes down and at the bottom it like curls back up. Well, if you turn that on its side, that's the bird with the egg on its back, like in twos, like mirror image. And so in the Adinkra, in in the Ghanaian language, the Sankofa means it translates to go back and fetch it. And what that means is it's not wrong to go back for to that which was forgotten. And so for me as a child, like that was my life mantra in my decision to move back to Northern California and to go back and fetch where I was maybe meant to be or what I was what was destined for me. And it is my life mantra in almost every aspect of my life actually is to go back and fetch it, find the old wisdom and go back and get it because that is how we evolved and that is really crucial and so that is pretty much you can find it in a lot of my things if you go look on my Facebook page if you go look at different things you'll see a reference to either the Sankofa or the word Sankofa and that is um, you know try not to appropriate black culture appropriate you know African designs but it's something that really resonated with me in this ancient way from the very first time I ever saw it and so, um, yeah, that's my life mantra, to that go back and fetch it. wonderful one. Yeah. That's very interesting. I've never heard of that. So thank you for bringing something new to me. Um, I'm wondering along that same path, you know, what kind of personal habits do you have for yourself, like personal rituals? Because you must have some powerhouse secret source of things that you do in a particular series I mean I'm only imagining but do you have a particular ritual that you do just to keep that vitality because you you just do so much so I love baths like bathing is probably one of my most favorite things and I do wear like a big head of hair and dreadlocks that I don't really (laughs) like to wash that often and get wet all the time and so bathing is just something that I do that keeps my body clean and nourishes my spirit at the same time and I don't have to deal with getting my hair wet all the time (laughs) and soaking through my mattress and my pillow and everything else so Um, my baths are really sacred to me. I have a huge bathtub in my own bedroom. I have a hot tub on the back porch and, um, something so simple as like a candle and throwing some flower petals or something in my bath. It just instantly makes it a ritual and Mm -hmm. self-care. And so I would say that, um, throughout my teachings with you through the chakra courses, I learned, about putting colors in my bath oh, yeah. and adjusting my bath that way. So anytime I need a pick-me-up or I feel stuck on something, I um, will either add the colors to my bath or in the form of petals or like that flower color or the candles alongside my bath. And sometimes I have been known to drop a beet or some sort of food color or something <laughs> in there. Um, and so I would say my most nourishing, my most thing that I do for just myself is probably my um, bathing rituals. Very nice. And tea. I love tea. And I eat a vegetarian diet. And so those things all for myself are um, practicing a type of self-care that I resonate with. Absolutely. Yeah, those are great. Keeping in that same kind of question, if you were going to give a recipe to someone to help them create their optimal health, 
right? We're creating superhumans. That's what this podcast is about, is not creating superhumans, but, uh, well, maybe. Um, aligning, becoming superhumans. Becoming superhumans by aligning with our, higher, with our higher self. What kind of suggestions would you give to our listeners to create that for themselves in their own life? The very easiest and the very most diverse and best recipe that I feel like anyone could do using cannabis or a host of other herbs is infused coconut oil. Yes. And it is just so basic. It is so easy. And so infusing cannabis in coconut oil is once you have this infusion, so you can do it on low heat in a crock pot. You can Google it. There's a thousand different ways you can do it with water, without water, with heat, with no heat. You know, there's a lot of ways you can infuse it. Infused coconut oil with cannabis is great for the skin. It's great internally. It's great for the hair. It's great for the nails. It's good for making a base for salves. It, you can So once you have this infused jar of coconut oil in your cabinet, you have this treasure trove packed full of goodness with the coconut oil, which is a superfood, and then the cannabis, which is a super herb and a superfood. And so together, I just think it's mystical. And it's probably the single most um, useful Absolutely. cannabis medicine tool to have. Topically, yep. vaginally, vaginally, everything. Mm-hmm. Can you, or do you mind sharing what your favorite recipe is? And I know I just sprang this on you, but like just a quick recipe for those listeners who may not want to, you know, look online right in this moment, but maybe yeah. what's your favorite one? Because there are so many out there, by the way. Yeah, there is a lot. You know, and just giving someone the basics of this is how you do it and this is the temperature. Do exactly. you mind sharing no, that? No, yeah, I don't mind at all. So I would do about an ounce of cannabis per pound. And so whether it's flour or trim doesn't really matter because it's going to be taking the crystals off either way. So if you're using trim, you want to use the sugar leaves, the leaves that are really close to the flower and are covered with the trichomes, the little crystals, not the water leaves, just because then they're green and you're getting more chlorophyll flavor and not what you're looking for in terms of medicine in this particular instance. So I would take about an ounce of dry material per pound of coconut oil and I would mix that into a crock pot on low heat and I would just let that infuse for, you know, maybe somewhere between low and medium even is fine. You just don't want to get the coconut oil too hot. Right. And somewhere around 245 degrees is great, 250, and do that for at least 60 to 70 minutes. And when that's done, you've pretty much exhausted, you've extracted the cannabis already pretty well, and then take that and pour it through a sieve or a cheesecloth and squeeze out the cannabis, and you can then have that oil cool in a jar. Um, Another option is to put some water in that mix and then take the whole thing and put it in the fridge or the freezer, and the coconut oil will cool and harden and separate naturally from the water and the trim, and then you'll be able to just scrape that off and you'll have the cannabis. Um, It is a really clean, the water takes a little bit of the chlorophyll away and is a really clean way to get a good flavor. But um, I find that when I'm scraping the leaves and the water off once it's congealed and hardened, I feel intuitively like there's a lot of crystal material right there on the top in that space. And so... And it's a little bit messier because you have to fit the whole thing in the cab in the fridge somehow, whether it's the crock pot or whether it is a baking dish. So I have found that just the old school way of an infusion on low heat and then squeezing it out 
you just end up with a really clean, nice jar of infused coconut oil. And then that, yeah, that can be your base for I edibles, like every topicals, every single thing. You can add a scoop of it. And I used to do cannabis sundaes mm-hmm. where I'd use, just do a scoop of it and put it in my coffee in the mm-hmm. morning. And then that would be like the best day ever. Well, the bulletproof coffee <laughs> is unbelievable with the cannabis, <laughs> cannabis coconut exactly. oil. So I mean, you put amazing. it in there, you whip it in your ninja or in yeah. your whatever, and it's like frothy and delicious. <laughs> And it makes everything bioavailable. And um, lately, so some other cool things about coconut oil, we'll go away from cannabis a little bit, is that calendula and chamomile and these other flowers that grow in our gardens that are herbal allies that are all around for us, they capture vitamin D in their Mm -hmm. petals and in their rays. And so they look like the sun. If the plant looks like the sun, if the flower looks like the sun, chances are it's capturing vitamin D and it's got that in it and you infuse if you dry those heads and you infuse those in oil then now you have this vitamin d pack that you can put on your body in the winter time that oil rubbing it in topically it's bioavailable and it just can help us with our seasonal affective disorder and i think it's really important and humble yeah that's absolutely wonderful we did that in their medicine making class last year yeah we we came to your farm and did you take yours home I totally okay, did. Okay, good, because I have a lot still. Oh. <laughs> I have some jars that you guys made and, and kept. Yeah, it was, it was wonderful. I've used it. What do you think, just to go back to two little questions that came up for, with the recipe that may help listeners if this idea came up for them. One, if we're in a different part of the country, because I had this question come up a lot coconut oil doesn't really um, work so well if you're in Texas and the reason because it's going to melt up here we're in a cooler climate and so it's pretty much hard all the time and we're pretty lucky in that way what are the other kind of butters or oils would you use if you were going into warmer clients to keep it solidified because I love coconut oil it's antifungal antibacterial antimicrobial Mm -hmm. especially if you get the raw version Mm -hmm. but what are some other ones that are going to have really high um, medicinal effects, not just something to use, Mm -hmm. but something that you found to be really high medicinally. Well, all of the, uh, so those are kind of two questions because the coconut oil is liquid at around 70 degrees, Mm -hmm. 75. And so that is why it liquefies there. So I would still, if I lived in those climates, encourage the coconut oil and put it in the fridge. And just put it in the fridge. And then you have it solidified and in the fridge. But if you're making salves or you're making topicals, then you can add beeswax to that just under low heat, just kind of get the beeswax to melt and add a little bit of beeswax and that will create and provide the the solid stuff that they're looking for perfect the other oils are all mostly going to be viscous that i would suggest like avocado and almond and the other oils that i would suggest to use are going to be viscous the whole time and they also are much more delicate and so Mm -hmm. you don't want to have them at a high heat at all and so coconut oil just seems really versatile and so I would encourage them to still make coconut oil and to refrigerate it so just refrigerate or add the beeswax or add the beeswax if it's a topical or a salve yay yes you just solved a bunch of shea butter is shea butter yeah yeah so shea butter is something cacao butter there's a lot of options that are have that thicker I couldn't do cacao butter yeah I could not you You know I would eat the whole damn thing I would. You know what I know my you goal? Would. Well, I mean, you, I've probably shared this with you before, but my goal at some point in time is to have a bathtub full of melted cacao, cacao. butter. 
Wouldn't that be awesome? Okay, you need a Central and- American partner <laughs> with this beautiful cacao farm. Right? I mean, mm-hmm. I know that's a lot, but you've had warm cacao butter oh, it's on you. Mystic. It is like, oh my. But just a little bit of cannabis in that would be awesome too. Yeah. But- so my last thing on the cannabis question, yes. and then we'll just move right on okay. because we are talking about nourishing people's bodies. Last thing is I'm a huge speaker on strain-specific and strain-specific for different ailments and disease discomfort. What I'm understanding is that indica has more the calming, the relaxing, the rooting and grounding. We would be looking for a cannabis, maybe not a particular strain, but a cannabis that has more of what? Yeah, so you would be looking for like the linalool, which is the lavender. You'd be looking for myrcene. Yes. You'd be looking for caryophylline. You'd be looking for, um, and I'm sorry I didn't bring uh, my terpene chart with me, but typically it is available on the internet. It is really well studied right now through, because terpenes are not specific to cannabis. They are crossover in the whole plant world. And so with this essential oil world that people are in right now, really learning about these individual um, flavors and smells and what they do and how they affect our olfactory sense and come into our limbic system and, and really change our bodies, Western medicine's on board, hospitals are coming on board, people are coming on board. So that knowledge is out there. And so in looking at the terpenes of the certain cultivar that you testing is amazing. So being able to have access to the get this flower tested when you go to a dispensary and you can see the test results of this flower, you can start to choose flowers that have the terpene profiles that match the conditions that you have. So for yourself, indica works really well for you. I know you as someone who spends a lot of time in the upper vibrations. You spend time in these other spaces and you probably don't need sativa to take you there, you know, hey, and, and that's no, not no, what you're no, looking no, for in medicine. No, you're like, no. can you keep me on the earth, please? Exactly. Can somebody keep me <laughs> down here? And there are a lot of people who the, the reverse, who have true. the reverse mm-hmm. and there are who need something to get them motivated about life, Sure, who need something to get them inspired artists, musicians, you know, they just love a lot of times love a good sativa gardeners, people outside doing their thing. But if you happen to suffer from um, any sort of self-talk or any sort of anxiety or stuff, I typically would never recommend a sativa because that chatter is going to start chattering and going for it. And, um, you know, one thing about cannabis medicine that is pretty much the one side effect that everyone's afraid of is that anxiolytic quality, that quality that can make someone feel anxious. And Bob Marley says, you know, smoke herb, it reveals you to yourself. And when man smokes herb, it reveals him to himself. That's a good thing and a bad thing. There's times <laughs> where you don't need this self-talk so much and you need right. to process through. And so recognizing that first things first, the fact that cannabis has sparked your cardiovascular system and got your heart pumping is not mean that you need to go down the road of anxiety. Right. But because people are fearful and for adults often that feeling leads us down the road of anxiousness. If you tune into that and recognize this medicine is moving through my body and it's doing exactly what it's supposed to do. My heart rate is elevated. My body is, my systems are all greased up and moving. Now I'm going to take this medicine to do something good. Whether it's, I'm going to go for a walk. I'm going to go check out music. I'm going to go do some art. And that is a really way to combat anxiety and be able to learn to use cannabis medicine without Um, those side effects that people don't like. Thank you for touching on that because I just had a class 
um, teaching seniors. Mm-hmm. It, was da- it was fun. I saw it was that. down in Fortuna. <laughs> we had such a good time. Actually, Kendall went with me. And we were teaching seniors about the difference between the strains and whatnot. And it was, re- I was telling them that exact same thing that, you know, it, it kind of gets your heart going and that you have to be willing to kind of navigate. So what I think that we should kind of just reemphasize to the listeners is that it's really what we agree on and we agree on a lot of things, mm-hmm. but the terpene profile mm-hmm. is what needs to be looked at when someone is wanting to do um, a really great salve mm-hmm. for a particular disease or disailment. So maybe it's not the strain or whatnot. They don't mm-hmm. have to look, go that far. But um, I think eventually that will happen if they're looking into the terapy ter- profile. But something specific for their disease, disailment, discomfort. And then just having a jar around your house for everything. I have one girlfriend who's like, marijuana, marijuana, marijuana. And she does her hands in a certain way that you recognizing she's putting it everywhere in her body, every mm-hmm. orifice, mm-hmm. top, like everywhere. And it's hilarious when she does it. It's not as funny when I do it. But <laughs> <laughs> um, it's just, it, it really truly is helpful for everything. Again, like what you said, and I'd like for our listeners to go a little bit deeper into the endocannabinoid system. If we had time, we would totally go deeper into that. But it basically essentially helps the body when the endocannabinoid system is working in a proper way it helps the body heal itself it does it brings and, a body into balance homeostasis amazing. and that's homeostasis. what it is and so my suggestion which is between you and between what we just talked about is to use your nose to identify what you need right and so yeah. you might be thinking oh it's blue dream and every time i have blue dream it does this and it's the one i want Trust your nose, trust your olfactory system, trust your limbic system to tell you, to give you this cellular memory, to give you this connection to this plant, to tell you this is the medicine I'm looking for because the terpenes are in that smell. Yes, they're in the in the chemical constituents and in the profile if you have the full testing access but lead with your intuition and Mm -hmm. lead with your nose and that will help you to make a choice that um, is the medicine your body needs. Because it's on a deeper spiritual level. I mean, like we're connecting back to our plant. Mm-hmm. We're connecting back to her. And so absolutely leading by intuition in that way. I, I really appreciate for sharing that so very much. Um, there's a million questions I could ask you. And we could just like talk all day. I do have one quick question before we veer off into a whole nother area of our um, podcast. What are your favorite strains to grow? Do you mind sharing that? That's Absolutely. not that's off script, but I love you and I love this is the stuff we talk about. So go ahead. So my very favorite strain to grow right now is a strain called Candyland. And it is mm-hmm. a granddaddy yeah. purple crossed with a platinum cookie. And so it's covered with glitter and frosty it's and gorgeous. it's purple and skunky and it just smells amazing. It has the cush and the purple and all these flavors that I just love. And it's from a cultivator's perspective, it's disease resistant. It doesn't have, um, it's not prone to powdery mildew or mites. So we don't have a battle relationship. We have a really loving <laughs> relationship. And so um, I personally love cultivating Candyland. It doesn't grow really tall. And so I like my plants to be head high and perfect. So I can look at them, I can touch yeah. them, I can be around them. And um, so I love growing Candyland, and I also love growing sativas. Um, I like uh, Trainwreck and ACDC, a CBD strain. They they both grow really beautifully, and they have great smells. And 
Um, I appreciate their, their feminine kind of vibration in the garden. And then this past season, I was gifted one plant from a dear friend, Jesse Biovortex, who is known for breeding just these amazing varietals that do good on the coast that are just really flavorful and super connoisseur grade. And he gave me this one kind of with a twinkle, like grow this one, you'll like it. And it grew with the most beautiful pink, purple fuchsia hairs from the very first hairs that sprouted out to show me it was this female. And she was so gorgeous. She was striking. Everyone who came to the farm was like, what is this? I got to see that one too. She grew. Yeah, she grew with those purple fuchsia hairs. It was a strain called Black Dog crossed with Pinkleberry. And she was a seed cross and she just was super beautiful. So this year I'm hoping to have rows of her and oh. all her glory. Oh my gosh, I have to come out and take pictures whenever you decide that you yeah, do. Let me. And the garden, please. you know, you've seen my farm. I do a lot of companion yeah. planting. So I really grow a lot of flowers in the rows for the pollinators, for the beneficials, yeah. for the predators to all have a zone. And they also really bring. They bring joy to the medicine, they bring joy to the people working on the farm, and they bring joy to the household, like bringing the flowers in and having these flowers going up and down the row. Um, It really is one of my favorite parts. And, you know, we grow in the full sun, in the native soil, and just kind of how you would any other crop for nutrient density and for good nutrition and um, the fullness of life. And that is kind of the vibration of the name Full Soul. Full Soul is a hearken to full sun and we're in a valley in the river valley so the sun crosses from one side to the other and there's not a shadow on the entire parcel and so that's kind of one of it and the other side is that when you say the word soul which is spanish for sun it's my daughter's middle name when you say the word soul the word sound power of that brings you to soul or spirit and so talking about doing things there on the farm with the fullness of our spirit and the fullness of our intention And so um, the farm is new to us. We have moved from our homestead farm of the last 18 years to a new farm in the River Valley, the Eel River that I was born on. So there's a lot of beautiful Sankofa there going back and fetching it. There's a lot of um, mystical significance to being there. But this farm has not fully named itself to us yet. So for now, she is in the iteration of Full Soul. And she could change, but for right now, the foundation of the farm kind of harkens those two things, that it's a, a not in the mountains, it's not in the trees, it's not in the shade, it is in the fullness of light, in the full sun, and that we intend to practice with the fullness of our spirit when we're working on it. I love that. I love it so much. Thank you for sharing that yeah. piece, because I didn't know all of that. <laughs> um, I have been to your farm, and it's amazing. We did our class there last year, and then I took some pictures for the Emerald, actually. And I was able to see that pink. It, oh, my gosh. It was absolutely gorgeous. It blew me away. Like, I had never seen anything like that before. Not in real life, like, mm-hmm. t- like right there. No and Photoshop. No, no Photoshop. <laughs> exactly. I was like, whoa, this is truly pink and gorgeous. So... Um, yeah, that would be really nice if you grew a whole bunch. So a couple more things before we let you take off, because I know you're a bit very busy woman and you're off to like wire a million other things after this in the next week or so. You've got so much that you were telling us about during our break. But can you tell me a little something that no one else knows about you? And I can promise I won't share it 
personally. Except for I'm going to put it on the podcast. <laughs> She's well, not going to share it with anyone but the whole world. <laughs> I'm not going to say anything. I won't repeat it. <laughs> but if you feel like it. Now, you can pass if you want to, but I prefer that you don't. <laughs> okay, so what's something that some of my close family knows, but what no one really knows about me that That's is kind of counterintuitive or maybe people wouldn't really think is that when I'm working on my garden or when I'm out there doing things or getting motivated, I listen to some really bad trap and rap music <laughs> <laughs> with really slack lyrics and stuff you just could not believe that I'm listening to it but um, I like to connect to all cultures and what's going on in the world and there's something about that um, funny relevant potent nature of these young people between 18 and 25 that are making this crazy music (laughs) and so yeah I'm anti-gun I'm all pro awesome things but something no one else knows about me is that I do sometimes sit in my car during soccer practice and listen to trap music (laughs) I'm a huge fan, and I have been, I should say, in the past. Now I only listen to Mantra 24-7, but I have in the past been a huge fan of, like, rap music, like, hardcore rap music. And when I was a teenager, I think even maybe, like, gangster rap kind of stuff. Oh, yeah. But, I mean, just, it's something about it. It's something about it. So I'm glad that we shared that, Yay, too. good. Okay. <laughs> so people are going to see me now and be like, oh, my gosh, that girl, is she listening to some crazy... 21 Savage. You you have a variety (laughs) of music that you listen to. This just happens to be one that you're listening to in the garden, right? Yeah, well, sometimes, you know, (laughs) it goes from Neil Young to Jerry Garcia to some 21 Savage and back to Neil Young. And then there's some, like, old jazzy, soulful stuff in there. So just probably don't want to put my music on shuffle. (laughs) Well, I think there is something to be said with you having such a range in music and talents, abilities, like being a mother, being a speaker, being a grower. Like there's just something to be said with you being so spread out in so many ways. Like I really respect the fact that you're doing it all and doing it so well. Oh, thank you. I, I really appreciate you. that. I love you too. You're one of the best people in the world. So it's that time of our show. It's the end of our show, and I want to thank you for being here. But before I let you go, we do something that is kind of fun. We draw from these wisdom for healing cards. And then we also have chocolate, if you want some chocolate. That's kind of like our little traditional here. But what we're going to ask you to do is you can shuffle the cards if you feel. Okay. And then just draw one. You can draw one intuitively or you can look at them and see which one's pretty because they're super colorful. Mm -hmm. And then just choose one, meditate over it for a minute, and then I want you to share it with the listening audience and tell us how, after you share it, tell us how that resonates with our podcast today okay. or your message today. Okay. I have several decks if you want to choose a different one, but this one's kind of fun. So this while you're fun. doing that, I'm going to gong the singing bowl. Is that what we figured out this was? Like I'm hitting the bowl, I'm not playing the bowl. So it's gonging the singing bowl. also have lavender rose chocolate if you want some of that mm, terpene rich chocolate <laughs> so did you choose one i did choose one i'll open the chocolate just so you can smell it we'll have chocolate you can read a little thing let me see the front i want to see what it looks like 
Oh, wow. Okay. Mm-hmm. So would you like to share that with the listener? Yeah. So the card I chose is a purple card with a beautiful woman with a long purple trench coat, orange socks, and purple slippers. And she's kind of coming out of a shadow. And it says, observe your attitude. And this one, the lesson says to determine whether you spend most of your energy in a positive or negative frame of mind. Do you have to remind yourself to be positive or are you naturally that way? And your goal is to become mindful of whether you're unconsciously positive or negative. So um, I think going back to the beginning of the podcast where we talked about um, foundation and working on the roots and working on making sure that your building blocks are strong that is a place where your intention and your attitude and your perspective is going to shape the direction of where you're headed. Um, On a personal level, I would say this card has to do with the overall stress that our community is going through with the transition of regulations and with cannabis being such a strong part of this community, but in everybody's individual, rugged individual lives. And a lot of these regulations feel really unfair. They feel really unjust. They feel really um, hard and pointless. And that's not the way it works. And it is really easy to get negative and to feel like this is all negative. This is all bad. And so what I have been doing with the observe your attitude is when I feel that way, when I feel like this is an unfair workload, this is taking something so beautiful and making it so commercial and, you know, doing all these things to it, I tune back into, this is probably negative for a podcast, but I tune back into those serving life sentences for cannabis offenses. I tune into people who are in ban counties and I tune into people who really need cannabis as medicine and have no pathway. And I recognize that although our pathway is filled with a lot of obstacles right now, we are the lucky ones that we have a pathway and that we're able to experience this plant and grow this plant and speak about it aloud and travel the world talking about it. We are the lucky ones. And so observe your attitude is a reminder to me that all of these obstacles are just challenges and challenges are meant to get through. You know, they're not, we're not struggling, we're not suffering, we're being challenged, which is going to rise us to be the best that we can, to lead the world with agricultural standards, to lead the world without pesticides, to really lean on capitalism, and to lean on all these things that are trying to come into our beloved space. And instead of taking on those attributes as we move into a regulated world, bringing our value set and our positive mindset with us to the world. And so that's where this Observe Your Attitude, and on this podcast, we didn't really get into any of the advocacy work, and that was good. I needed a break from a lot of that advocacy work, but the tarot card was really clear to me, and that reminder is something that I have to check daily. I love you. You are such a powerful, powerful woman, and I appreciate you for being here today and taking the time to come on our show because it really does help the listener get one step closer to their highest alignment, which is our goal, is to help people getting mentally, physically, emotionally, and spiritually connected to their divine self. And through some of the things that you've said today and things that we've talked about, I'm certain it is helping. Um, You're just a wonderful speaker, and I really appreciate you taking time to be here. 
And for the listener, I want to thank you so much for tuning in. Until next time, I'm your host, Dr. Pepper Hernandez, and I want you to have a wonderful, magical day. Let's try to make this your very best week ever. This episode has been brought to you by Sweet Baby Redwoods.